0: Luke 15, verse 8. Luke 15. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the pew. And I would recommend to you to pull that Bible out because we're going to be looking at verses in this Scripture. Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 8. Oh, what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she found it, She calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. You may be seated. Searching for that which is lost. Both the woman and God immediately begin to search for that which is lost. Jesus believed that God loved mankind. The representative of that, the meaning of that is here right in front of us. God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Salvation does not depend upon how much you know and how good you are and how many bad things you don't do anymore. Salvation depends upon the love of God, the love of God for you. That's the relationship. What would God do to find the lost? Well, in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, God searched through the garden until he found Adam and Eve who were hiding from them because they sinned. How does God find us? Well, he brings a light into our darkness. What is that light? Well, the scripture says in Psalm 119, verse 105, this, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Every Sunday when we come together and we open this book, we open the light of God. Why do we open it? Why do we want to read from it? Why do we want to study something that parts of it are over 4,000 years old? Why? Because it's God's word to us and it brings into our darkness the light of God's word. It instructs us on how to live our lives, how to love our mates, how to raise our children, how to be one who loves the Lord God. It is a lamp unto us. Jesus is the light that leads us out of darkness. In John eight twelve, the Bible says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Sweet friend, government is not the light of the world. Social programs are not the light of the world. The light of the world is not the United Nations. The light of the world is Jesus Christ. He's the one that gives direction. He's the one that... Controls all things as they go forward. He is the light in the darkness. He will be the light in your darkness if you'll let him come in. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have light, says Jesus. That's his promise to us. <clears throat> now, sweet friend, I don't know if you know Jesus. I don't know if you trust Jesus. But the promise of Jesus to us is this. If we walk in his light, he will not lead us into darkness our lives will change our obstacles will change does that mean there will never be a problem again no but it means that God Jesus Christ will guide us no matter the obstacles that hinder no matter the difficulties that come the scripture says she swept the house why to remove the things that hindered God from doing what God wanted to do and to redeem the lost and to bring them to himself In Hebrews 12, 1, the scripture says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Yes. To be found, there's things you've got to put away. There's obstacles that have to be removed. There's relationships that have to end. There's practices that have to cease. But let God sweep those away. Let God remove them. This diligent search of God reveals this, that God loves us. Why have you heard so many sermons? Why have you come to church so many times? Could it be that God, with all of his heart, is drawing you to himself? That God is seeking you in searching for your life? The Scripture says in verse 8, "...and searched..." Carefully until she found it. Why? Why does God search for you? Because it's Christ's priority. Jesus said it this way, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The main priority for Jesus Christ today is not world peace. It's not that all things in society would be just. That's not his priority. Though when Jesus comes, those things begin to follow. It is not that the whole world be fed and the whole world never gets disease again. Jesus' priority is to find the lost and bring them unto Himself. And that, Parkway Baptist Church, should be our mission. It's the priority of Jesus, it ought to be our mission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, so therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. That's our mission. That's what God called us to do. We're talking about the lost. Those lost ones who are in our families. Those lost ones that we work with. Those lost ones that live next door to us. The Lord God is searching for them. And the priority of Jesus is to find them and to bring them unto his Father. But he said to us, who he has saved. It's your job also. So that's the search. Now, what did it cost Jesus? What was the bill that God had to pay in the search for the lost? Deacons come. And as they sat to eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began with sorrowful to say unto him, One by one, Lord, is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and said unto them, The one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Now, now congregation, the Lord's Supper speaks of the cost that God paid for you. You may take this thing called Christianity lightly. You may endure every Sunday morning coming here. You may think the church doesn't provide enough for you. But, dear brothers and sisters, the cost for this worship service is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what it cost him. That's what he gave for your salvation. If you take it lightly, if you say, I can take Jesus and do anything I want to do, you deny him. You put back the obstacles that he has swept away with his blood. Don't take it lightly. For it would have been good if that man, that betrayer man, had never been born. And as they did eat, Jesus took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take eat, this is my body. You see, we worship an instrument on which our Lord died. We honor the cross. We worship Jesus we honor the cross. That tree that was nailed together and his flesh was pierced on that tree. What did it cost for the search? This finding a lost coin, a lost sheep? It cost the son of man to be impaled naked on a tree. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. That's the third point in my sermon. There's coming a day of great reunion. There's coming a day when Jesus will gather all of those he has searched for and brought to himself. All of those lost coins, all of those lost sheep, all of those prodigals that he has brought to himself. And at the table of the Lamb, they will rejoice. But before that, one must shed his blood. Charlie Westcote, come now. Thank the Lord for the body that was given for us, impaled on the tree.
1: Father God, we do indeed thank you for the sacrifice that you that you made, that you not only allowed Jesus to come, but you sent him to be the salvation of mankind. We thank you, Father, for that. We thank you that you love us and care for us and protect us and guide us. And, and we pray for forgiveness where we fail to honor you in, in these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: What does it mean to be a child of God? Jesus said it this way. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. Dear friends, the cost was high. But the relationship is for eternity. Andy Stroud, the cost was blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And this one who searched for us and loved us was willing to give his all for us. Thank him for that.
1: Yep. Represents the blood poured out for us. Cleanses even me of all unrighteousness. Fathers, not because we earned it, not because we might someday figure it out, not because we begged or pleaded or asked. Simply because you chose. You chose to submit yourself to that which you created. The the mocking and the disbelief and the the pain and the suffering and, and death. And simply because you chose so that you could come and offer us forgiveness. We thank you for that. Father, may we seek your face. May we seek your will. May we ask for forgiveness for the things that separate us from you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Deacons, please take the supper with your families. We've read about the night of the supper. This is the cost searching for the lost and we see Jesus there in his midst is the one who will betray him I mean Jesus you just don't do it like I want you to do it you know you need to confront you need to tell them they're wrong you need to stand up He'd heard it all before. The motives of betrayal are many. The consequences are horrible. And so he was at the table and he saw it all. He knew it. But you see, his resolve in that moment, his quiet courage in that moment, came because this act had been done before creation even came about. The scripture says the blood of the lamb, the cost for searching for the loss, came about. Behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So, we have the status of the lost, we have the searching for the lost, and now we have the cost. But what is the significance of this search for the lost? Go back to Luke chapter 15. Let's look at what takes place when the lost are found. What does that mean if we have a mission? How does God react to the redemption of the lost? Go back again. Luke chapter 15, verse 9. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. How does God really feel about your salvation? Sometimes we have the idea that God is impersonal, uninformed. He's pulled himself away. He doesn't really care about me. That's not the God that is described by Jesus Christ. The scripture says this, and when she is founded, she calls her friends and neighbors together the disenfranchised those of us who were lost those of us who were sinners those of us who had earned hell those of us who were separated from god the disenfranchised are accepted we are brought into the family of god our status with god is found in romans 8:15 for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom you cry, Abba, Father. What does it mean when I'm redeemed? It means the Lord God adopts me. He brings me into his family. He makes me his child. When the woman received the coin back, she rejoiced. She invited all of her neighbors to come together. They came in and embraced this new gift that God had given. For the coin now was back in its place, reconciled with its owner. It was back ready to be used for service, to pay for the day's meal, to care for the family that were there. And it was out of danger. And sweet friends, that's what happens when you come to Christ. When the Lord Jesus ends his search and he finds you, and you surrender to him as Lord, you come into the family of Christ. And there was joy Joy that would replace despair. The scripture says, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which was lost. There are few joys that match the joy of finding that which is lost and bringing him or her to the Savior. Most of us have seen those videos of soldiers who have come back to be with their families, to be reunited with them. And tears have come from our eyes as we have watched those loved ones come together. That is heaven. That is what the Scripture speaks about the child that was sick, the child that was wayward, the child that was a sinner who comes back home, who God embraces, and joy is turned to despair. And one final thing Jesus reveals to us look at the Scripture. Not only are the disenfranchised, all of us sinners accepted, brought into the family. Um, Okay, let let me ask a question. Um, Any of you ever had in laws? You you, kind of like I'm not connecting. Do you remember the date when you stopped being a daughter in law or a son in law and you became a son? or a daughter. I've told you before. I married up, but I married into South Mississippi. That's a different race in South Mississippi, okay? (laughs) And before I knew it, coming from St. Louis, I was a Yankee. My father-in-law told me that. And sweet friends, the only reason I made it in the family is because Granny Clark loved me. She accepted me. And that little five foot woman, everybody in the family was afraid of her. (laughs) And what Granny said went. So it didn't make any difference what my father-in-law thought about me, or my mother-in-law, or all of his brothers and sisters. Granny loved me. That's what happened to you. Jesus loved you. And it doesn't make any difference about all of what us pious people say about you. Because Jesus loved you. You understand that better about disenfranchised or accepted? And joy replaces despair. Last Sunday, I read you an illustration about a man that lost two sons in World War II. If you noticed, I began to choke up in it. It's not because of the man who lost two sons. When you have lost one of your own children, you know the pain. And when Jesus searches for us and finds us, that despair is overwhelmed by joy because death cannot defeat him nor those who surrender to him but the final thing Jesus gives to us is this likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents dear friend please understand this when the scripture says in the, he, in the Greek in the presence of the angels of God what it means is this what is in the presence of the angels of God this is a picture of God himself rejoicing. This is a picture of a God who laughs, congratulates, hugs, and loves. The angels who are in the presence of God watch their Lord rejoice. Because a Dottie comes home to Christ. Because a Glenn comes home to Christ. Christ. Because a heather comes home to Christ. And the angels watch the Lord himself as he embraces and loves and celebrates. In other words, I say to you by the authority of Jesus Christ's word, if you are lost and Jesus finds you, you repent of your sin, God and the angels will rejoice over you. I am saying to you that God feels you are worthy of the search, of the cost, and of the celebration. God loved you so very much that He searched for you until He found you and made you His forever. John Wesley said this about the church. What does all that mean? He said, The church has nothing to do but save souls, therefore, spend and be spent in his work. Three sermons about two parables. So, what does all of that mean for me, Pastor? There was a boy that applied for a job in the theater as an usher at the mall. In the course of the conversation, the questioning, Parkway, what is this word for you? This whole idea of search, searching for the lost, Christ's priority, our mission. The manager of the theater sat down with the young man and began to question him. One of the questions was this, What would you do in case a fire broke out in the theater? You and I have experienced time and time again through these last few years of disasters going on in theaters, multiple shootings. But what would you do, young man, if there was a fire that broke out in the theater? The young man smiled and kind of giggled and he said, oh, don't worry about me, manager, I'll get out okay. So, Pastor, why all of this verbato about the lost? Because, sweet friends, your job is not to get out okay. Your job is to help those that would burn for eternity to get out okay. And if your only pursuit is yourself and your loved ones, You're not going to get the job. Parkway. Are we on this search. With God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father I thank you Lord that you remind us again. Of how valuable we are to you. And how much you love us. And the extent you would go to. To find us. But Heavenly Father, there are other lost coins, there are other lost sheep. They are all around us. Their names are in our wallets, they are in our purses. These are individuals, Lord, that you are searching for. These are individuals that your desire is to bring them unto yourself. And that, Lord, we are part of that search. Lord, my prayer is we would carry it out. We would remember, Heavenly Father, the status of those that do not know you. We would remember the search that is going on right now for them. And we, Lord, would be touched by the cost. But, Heavenly Father, we would look forward to a day. He reminded us that, Lord, in the Lord's Supper. You'll not take it again until you take it again in your Father's kingdom. Lord, there'll be a time when we'll gather around your table and we'll celebrate the oneness of the family, the sacrifice that was given, and the fellowship of eternity. So, Lord, let us be on the search with you. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen.